Hello, and welcome to episode 216 of Beyond the Weight with Henny and Sandy. Another week, another week. So here's the thing. I I have this, so I was three weeks, you know, in Canada, and I'm up at the same time, so I'm up early. I'm like, go, go, go all day. And at night, like, I can stay up till like 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, like, no problem. Okay. Like, I come back and I'm good in the morning. And then by like 12 o'clock till four, I'm so exhausted from doing nothing that I like lay down and have a nap. Okay. Sometimes I have to set my alarm so that I get up so that I can do. And then when I get like, I don't always fall asleep. Sometimes I do. But then I get up and I feel great. Like I've got all this energy. Oh, okay. But, but the 12 to 4, I feel so terrible that often I've got a really bad headache. I physically feel unwell. Like what? It's it's like going from having so much to do to nothing to do yeah. that is really difficult. And it makes the less you have to do, the less you actually want to do. Yes. I mean, it's just proof of the, if you want something done, ask a busy person. Mm-hmm. Because they will always figure out how to get it done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is so, it, it's, I, I have a really hard time with that transition when I'm yeah. in Canada. And then when I come back here to, mm. it, it, but at the end, like three weeks is a long time. And so the last couple of days, I always feel a little anxiety about it because it's about packing everything up. And then I have the anxiety because, you know, my suitcases are always just floating around the, the 70 pound <laughs> Like, right. <laughs> but then I have to manage those in the airport myself. And that's even thinking about like getting them out of the car, getting them onto the thing, then having to put them. And like once I'm done and I've checked in, like I'm like, okay, I'm like looking as the scale's kind of moving and yeah. I'm starting to be really nice to the person because, <laughs> you know, all of these things. But then getting, you know, getting back and then getting back into the swing of things really takes me a long, long time. Mm. But this week, this week I was I th- like I have to plan and like to do things. So Tuesday was our 25th wedding anniversary. So that was really nice because mm. we went out for dinner. Um, and at dinner we had Phil said to me, you know, looking back over 25 years, like is there one is there a specific year or a time when things like are really memorable, like you really were good, and mm. so interesting question yeah oh and so I was like well I can't there's not just one time like I think about different times like when when we lived uh, on the mountain in Hamilton on the West Mountain and the kids were there and it was like a time when they were grandma's only two so the other ones were like I don't know I think they were going into grade five and four or something like that but then they had all their teenage years, so they graduated from high school there because we right. were there a good time. And it was like going to play ball and the, and the like Brock and Jess played on the same softball team. And like it it was just like competitive kind of at that age, you know, and yeah. they they both like, you know, Jess, Jess played first base and um, Brock paid, played catcher. And it was just really exciting to go and fun, you know, with that. Yeah. That, in our life and it was it was a fun time yeah. you know but then I think about living in Hong Kong from years two three and four where 
were fantastic times. Right. Like right, for, right. personally for me, were diff like a lot of there was a lot of growth and a lot of change right, for me. Right. Um and then the whole time I lived in Toronto. Yeah. Was like excellent. So that was good times. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And so I thought, hmm, well, honey, you had a, a milestone birthday this year. Yeah. And if I asked you mm -hmm. about a period of time or a year or something mm. that, that you were like particularly great or particularly memorable. Yeah. It's I mean, it's the same. I, I'm I feel like I'm I'm very fortunate in my life that the majority of my life, I think, has been pretty good times. You know, like mm -hmm. I, I've I've had the opportunity to do a lot of things in my life that I know most people will never have, you know, much less have had by the time they're 40, you know. Right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, a lot of, a lot of good times. Like, um, as a, you know, when I was a kid growing up, I don't know how old I was, maybe in grade four, grade five, when my parents had a, an in-ground pool put into the backyard. Mm. And so like those summers from sort of grade five, you know, until high school, like they, like the entire summer was just us playing in the backyard and swimming and walking around in bathing suits. And, you know, like, like those were good times, yeah. you know, and, and because there were so many of us, you know, we always had, we Someone always had play people with. to play with. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and games to games to do. And, you know, and even like we, you know, we would do, like we would take the city bus. I would, I would like walk my siblings down to, to the city bus stop. We would take the city bus to the library. We yep. would like get some books. We would go come back home, go back to the pool. Like, like, I mean, that's a good, a good time, a good memory. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, definitely there were the, the, when I was in university and I was involved in different plays, like working on different shows, like my university years were a blur and it was not a lot of sleep and a whole lot of work, but like working on the, working on the theatrical shows, especially were, were good times. My, my time in Disney was a, a super highlight in my life. I think that, you know, it was the, the first time in my life that the only person I had to worry about was me. Yeah. You know, and, and it was, and I mean, the work was ridiculous and a lot of hours and hard work and, uh, initially not very much money. And then it, you know, when I, when I shifted jobs, it was more money, but, but, uh, like it was just to me. And I remember like people would get so, uh, frustrated with things or so stressed out about things. And I just kept saying to people like, this is a game. Like none of this is real life. We're all here for five months, six months, eight months, a year. Like, and then we go home to our lives. Like this is yeah. my career. This, it, it, you know, it's, like we're just here to have fun, you know, and yeah. and uh, and I and I did. I had a lot of fun, and but I would. I it's probably a really good time of of like 
personal growth also just really getting to know yourself because you are from a large family and not the eldest but pretty well the eldest you Mm -hmm. take that you often take the role of the eldest Mm -hmm. in and so that yeah like you said you only had to worry about you which would have been life-changing in itself and fun it was but but like I, I mean I've had a lot of really great times in my in my teaching career too like yeah. the last few years have not been <laughs> yeah. but but I have had some really great some really great teaching years yeah, yeah. I but, mean, but I, if, you know, I just just you saying that also for me like living here has not been a highlight um but don't we have to have those we do need to have those down things to really appreciate the uh, the ups I absolutely right absolutely because because otherwise it would just all all be the same correct right and so you wouldn't necessarily recognize anything as being a standout yeah you know my absolute standout teaching year was the year that I like looped with my class so I had them in grade seven and then I had them in grade eight back, Uh, back years and that year when I had those kids for the second year in a row was my best teaching year ever. That was great. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was just the combination of everything, right? It was, it was that group of kids. It was yeah. the fact that I built those relationships the year prior. It was other stuff that was going on um, in this, in the school and in my own life also. Like, I think it just all sort of, it was all yeah. great, you know? And, and this year, I mean, I don't know as this year has been like the best year, but it's been certainly memorable. I mean, it's been, it's, I mean, the year is only, you know, not quite halfway through, but it's, it's been a lot of different things, right? Like, um, I've had, well, being able to come to Peru was definitely a highlight. And then, um, I'm, I'm, this is the, the week in which I'm I'm between homes, having sold one and having you know waiting to to move into the one that I've purchased. So this is a big, and I'm super excited about it. Yeah. Um. I have another big trip planned for the summer. I'm going to a different school in September. Uh. Like you know, like there's a lot going on this year that that is all going to be great once I get there. I'm just yeah in the in the midst of getting there. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, lots of, lots of memorable times in my life and for different reasons, right? I think that's yeah. kind of the cool thing about the question is that, you know, it's, it's, it's not just, you know, what is the time in your life when, you know, this happened or when you felt this or what, you know, it's sort of like what, what has been good or what has been memorable Well, I mean, things are good for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. 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 No. And I think even through those times that are difficult and not, you wouldn't want to live them again. There are, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of lessons in those too. I mean, there's right. Things that sometimes we hang on to that we realize we don't need to hang on to or other things that we didn't, we don't think are as important that we find out. And I think that, you know, for me, like, uh, that's been very, that's been a good lesson with, with being here. And I can see also you, with you 
with the year last year wasn't a great teaching year either Mm -mm. this year also but there have been certain things that at one point you would have um you wouldn't have even thought about exploring Uh, one thing was i know you and your teaching partner really wanted to always stay together and that this year this is not gonna this is not gonna happen Mm -hmm. right but before you that wouldn't be you wouldn't have applied for a job unless the two of you we're going to be able to get a job together. Yeah. And so sometimes those are good, like the 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 progression of things need to happen, but the other circumstances surrounding it, f- not force, but allow us to see that there are different options that can happen. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. trying to think like, I'm just thinking now if my weight Mm. is related to the times that I recognize as being good or better mm-hmm. or, or but I but I actually don't think so. Mm. I think a lot of times in my life that have been really good times in my life have been times when I've been much heavier and some of the times that have been really good times in my life have been times when I've been thinner. So I I don't think although I feel better when I'm not when my body is not as large, I like physically I feel better. I don't think that that is attached to times in my life when things were good. Right. And I'm I'm pleased about that actually. Like in like now that I'm thinking about that, I'm I'm happy that mm. that is that that is the case. Well, that's that's super interesting, honey, because um aside from like when the kids were younger, the Hong Kong and Toronto, both of those times, yeah, were times that WW was a huge hugely influenced because I met my friend groups through yeah and 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 I've never that is I've never considered that before but that I did you know and the people I'm still you know there's people that I met through WW that are are have a big impact on my life now I mean you my friend Andy Mm -hmm. Um, that I met in Hong Kong Mm -hmm. we you know I spoke to her the other day and it was at a WW meeting that I met her you know Mm -hmm. and but I never considered that that Mm -hmm. might I don't know I don't know if that I mean obviously it did play some sort of an impact because um, not just about my weight but just about the people that I surrounded myself with and that came into my life as a result of that did have an impact there wasn't yeah yeah well yeah I mean I was just thinking like my life drastically changed when I was 45 and you're only 40 ah and this is this is my year of drastic change (laughs) (laughs) I mean I lived in Hamilton for 45 years yeah anyways I just thought oh I should ask you because it's, it's a you know, considered in quotations, milestone birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Milestone year. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, a year of change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. So funny, you know, memories on Facebook. So one came up the other day. I looked, I, this week I was like, I don't look at them every day. But, you know, I was like, oh, I should look because, only because it's our anniversary week. And right. I know there'll be different posts from different years. And literally... 
because uh, Phil and I were talking about like five years, 10, where were we? So I actually had completely forgot because I said, oh, the, the first 10 were in Canada, uh, 15, we were in Hong Kong. We celebrated 20 in um, Chamonix and, and then 25 here. Mm-hmm. But we renewed our vows on our 10th anniversary in Las Vegas. Oh, so I mean, you got, really have been all over the place. On yeah, so only, days. it's only the fifth, uh, like the first, like I'm year five, we were in Canada, but then 10. <laughs> but, on, but on the pic, like when I had posted, it said, you know, celebrating, it was about our 10th year. I wonder where 25 will be. <laughs> this is what I'd actually posted <laughs> in 2008. Okay. So it's your fault that you are where you are right now. Clearly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I could never in a thousand years have considered or imagined that it would be here. But you just never know what's going to happen and you need to have those ups and downs. We need to have those in our weight journey also, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have I those mean, and allow for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I th- I think I think you you definitely have to experience a, a a range of emotions, I guess, in order to even understand what those emotions are. Right, like you have mm-hmm. to understand what disappointment feels like in order to experience elation you know like you you have to you have to have that difference but I think also not only do you have to you you can't live life without having that well like like I think it's just especially if you're thinking about I mean anything but especially if you're thinking about your weight too I mean I I think there are very few people whose weight is just one number and it just is always that number for their entire adult life like I think you know I mean for me it fluctuates you know 10 like decades of pounds but but for other people like even if it just fluctuated five you know like but I but I don't think that anyone is exactly the same all the time because you know life is what it is right Mm -hmm. mm-hmm yeah and the truth is is that no one in life um, is exempt from heartache, tragedy, trauma in some shape no. or form. No, you know? stress. Yeah, or joy. Lack of sleep. Laughter. Uh, yeah, hormones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all yeah. of that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. It's really about I, how we how we all handle those and, I and will how tell we you, I will tell you, Sandy, that this week has been one of the most stressful weeks of my life. And I have not had a lot of sleep and my, the timing of my eating has been all over the place. Like I've had a lot of like, you know, nine 30 at night dinners, for example, but I have been like, so proud of myself for like making really great food choices Uh. all week long. I was like, as prepped and prepared as I could be for the entire week. And I, and anything that I prepared for myself, like breakfast wise or lunch wise, I stuck to having that instead of like getting something else and throwing it out, you know, like I, I stuck to everything. And even like, I knew there was one day that I didn't have a lunch for, and I was like, okay, but I'm going to build in a time to like go by the drive through at Wendy's and pick up a salad with chicken and, like this week. So, I mean, I'm, I'm currently 
houseless, so I don't, I don't have a scale out, so I don't know what my weight is doing this week, but I know that my food is what it needs to be, and I oh. feel very good about myself for it. Uh, as you should. Con- that's great. Congratulations. Oof. It's yeah. been, it's, yeah. But you know what? It's funny because it's, it is, it is work to prep food and to prep and even like, okay, what do I want to say here? It's, it's work to actually prepare the food for sure, but it's work even to like plan it in your head. Like, okay, so I'm Mm going to be here on this day. So I need to make sure that I have this with me or I need this in the fridge or at this day, I don't have a fridge. So what do I need with me for that? Like, like it is, it is a lot of work to sort that all out, but I'm telling you, it feels so good when you know that you're eating well, you know, like, and, and this is, the part that I just, I have to continually remind myself because in the moment when I'm eating crap, I think like, Ooh, this feels so good. Like, I'm just like, you know, (laughs) down on whatever it is, but the rest of the time around the, the, like the actual physical eating feels good. Everything before and after it does not, you know, but when you're eating well, the whole time feels good, you right. know? And so, like, I just have to remind myself, like, okay, but you feel better when you eat well, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, why can I not remember that all the time? I don't know. But it's in my head now, so. <laughs> yeah. It's my, yeah. It's my diatribe for today. Okay. Yeah. The planning, the planning is... It, I know because I've never really been a meal planner, but there are times when I do need to, like we are going on vacation next week uh, in a week. So, you know, we're recording today on a Saturday and we are leaving next Saturday. So I'm already thinking, okay, what do I need to get? Because I need to make sure like the cut fruit only lasts till Saturday morning. Right. Like my f- salads, like all of that type of stuff, because I won't yeah. throw anything in the garbage. Yeah. Um, and so some stuff can just be chopped up and put in the freezer, but I like, and I love, I could, that's a challenge for me because yeah. I don't have a lot of other things that occupy my time, <laughs> but to get that down, I'm so chuffed with myself. Yeah. But, but then I also end up with periods of time when I prep a lot of stuff and then I have a freezer full of stuff and stuff. I mean, making, um, you know, homemade turkey broth or vegetable broth from the scraps of stuff that I, I have in the freezer and all of that. But then you have to, the next step is it's not just making that. That's the first step. The second step is what am I going to do with it? Yeah, correct. Right. <laughs> because now I have it. Um, so, so yesterday I was on fire yesterday. You said to me, what is on the agenda today? And I was like, I'm making homemade chicken soup. I'm going to make jam. I, did I tell you I was making cornbread? Yeah. So, so you said you you were making homemade soup and jam and you were going to try your hand at cornbread and you were going to do something else. And then you said, now that I've written it out, it sounds (laughs) ambitious. did I did uh but I, I I yesterday was a day that I didn't have a nap in the afternoon like you see this is the thing I need to prepare enough stuff so but I did I got up and I was like okay I'm gonna make this soup and I had already thawed my turkey um broth 
and and I I made this this and I had bought a rotisserie chicken, so I had I had opted not to have to cook the chicken. Right. Um, but anyway, I had done all of that. I got the the soup on, and then I'm like, okay, the strawberries. So the strawberries have been in my freezer that we bought off the side of the highway um, in October. Oh, okay. So I had a massive bag of strawberries still because when I before I went away, I had already made a big thing of strawberry jam and it would fill they it was all gone. Okay. And I just and I only make freezer jam um and it's super easy. So anyways, I thought, okay, I can see that I'm Emmeline had given me a jar of jam, but now we have no more jam left. So okay, I'm gonna make the jam because I have the strawberry. So I did get that done yesterday also. And then the cornbread, I thought, oh, I just want to try my hand at cornbread. And it said, here's the thing, it said to use a neutral oil, and I was like, oh, I'm not even sure what that is. I'm sure it's, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Anyway, I'll have to look. But I used olive oil, and I shouldn't have used olive oil, oh. because it's not, that is not, that olive oil is not. Because it has a taste. Yeah, and so, are you Googling to let me know? I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank I'm you. Looking. Okay. I, it's probably going to, like, I don't think it's going to be vegetable oil. If it is, I'm going to kick myself, because, of course, I have vegetable oil. So it says a neutral oil is a cooking oil that has a neutral flavor, vegetable or grapeseed. So it is not olive oil or avocado oil. And so this article here <laughs> says that the best neutral oils would be a canola oil yep. or a grapeseed oil. And so I do have, well, I have a vegetable oil in there. Yeah, a vegetable oil would have been... A better, better choice. A I better knew as choice. soon as I made it, I could smell it and I can actually taste a little bit. Um, but anyway, so I thought, okay, I'm going to make this. And uh, I was looking for a small recipe because it's just Phil and I, like the last thing I need is like, you know, they were like a nine by 13 pan of freaking Yeah, cornbread. Cornbread. Oh my goodness, Sandy. I think, <sighs> like when I think of the things that are my absolute favorite, like watermelon, <laughs> pumpkin pie. Yeah. <laughs> cornbread cornbread <laughs> cornbread might be walnut, next on the walnut list. crunch well yeah i like a cornbread better than a walnut crunch actually i i love cornbread so it's but yeah no i i don't think i've ever really had a good one where did phil say we used to, i think montana's they always served cornbread. yes they always and it but it was only okay it wasn't a great yeah. cornbread but it was good yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so this one i'm not 100 percent sure but i i i one, there's a couple of things. It said cook 20 to 25 minutes. I set the timer for 18. It probably would have been better, maybe 16. Oh, okay. It, it, feels, it was still, it was still, more, it, it was wasn't super dry. Yeah. But um, Phil loved it. He was like, this uh, is so good. And you had that with your soup, with your yes, vegetable soup? Yes, I did. Delicious. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, you know, I was like feeling like, and then I also scrubbed some grout in my house yesterday because oh. now I'm doing that I'm going to send you some before and after photos it is I, okay it is super easy and and you realize how dirty like I I, I can obviously I can see yeah, it. Yeah, I think those big white tiles here in the kitchen but yeah. then but then I've also been on to I'm like I'm taking up the whole hour that we have with the <laughs> okay because I end up watching all these hacks these these uh-huh like cleaning hacks uh-huh but when I was, so my, I learned a lot of stuff from my daughter-in-law, Emmeline. Okay. Okay. Like if I list off things like using my Apple 
a watch to say like set timer for that is brilliant i have to watch on my hand yeah. sometimes i think i know and i'll just look at the clock and then i forget yeah. i'm really bad nope. at that better to set a timer and then i walk away and then i know it's on my watch um writing on when you open condiments and growing in the fridge, she writes the date that she opened them because you never remember how long that thing of barbecue nope. sauce or whatever's been, been open. You always think it's been open for three months. It turns out it's been open for a year and a half. And then you don't open the cap to notice that it's all moldy underneath, but you Correct. use it anyways <laughs> next yep. time. So, uh, but this was, she was soaking her towels and okay. using OxyClean and then she can use some vinegar and whatever. And I was like, huh. But then I went down, she soaked them overnight, and then the next morning they were still in the washing machine. They hadn't gone through the washer yet, like the cycle. And I went down and I was like pushing them down and I saw the color of the water. And I was ah. like. So my last day, I was like in Canadian Tire and I was looking at like, the OxyClean container was, that would have really been too heavy. I already knew how heavy my bag was. <laughs> okay. And they didn't have any bags. They only had the big containers. Um, but I bought Nelly's brand. Okay. Same type of thing, but you can use for it, like whites and darks and whatever. Um, anyways, now I'm obsessed with soaking stuff, Henny. Okay. I took, so the first thing I took was my sports bras, which were all clean. Mm-hmm. Already right. in my drawer right. clean. Yeah. I have a tub like a, a big like tub thing. I filled it with hot water. I put a little bit of detergent in it and then a scoop of this stuff and I let it soak for eight hours. Okay. Oh my God. Filthy. Disgusting. Yeah. Disgusting. So of course now I'm obsessed. Right. I'm like, so what, what are you soaking now? I soaked all Phil's gym shorts. Mm-hmm. How did you do those? Um, yesterday I cleaned pillows. Mm. I actually watched this woman. She, what's she called? Brunch with Babs, I think it is. I think that's who she is, but she does like food things, but she also does, she's, she's a character too. Yeah. Her and her husband now, she's a character, but she's got really great things. And she showed like soaking her, t- oh my God, the stuff her that pillows. comes out. Gross, gross. I thought I was going to vomit. Anyway. So then I cleaned mine and then put them in the dryer and like now they smelled so nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I do like a, I do like a clean. I was like, thinking about you. Yeah. Because I know for a fact, like the, actually what Emmeline really does is like your, your dish towels because they, they get like dingy looking too. Yeah, they do. But this stuff also for colors, like brightens all your colors up. Nice. That get because you do get an accumulation of soap, right? Yeah, of course. On thing and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, you know, this is the things I get obsessed with. Oh, and then then I saw one where, like, when you have like lemons or limes that you've squeezed, mm-hmm. and then you put them into a jar after you've squeezed them, and put vinegar in it, and then that's what you use for a cleaning solution. Oh, interesting. So you know, I have a thing of that in my cupboard. Of course you do. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> You're going full on hippie on us there, uh, Sandy. I was becoming crunchy. Well, you might you you don't have any grass, but you might have bugs in your new backyard. So the the one with the peels with the vinegar is actually good for keeping bugs and oh no, it was for weeds. If weeds are coming up, do you have interlocking stone? Yeah, my entire this, new backyard is interlocking stone. 
that's what this Babs was putting on the inter like all those weeds, and they literally just like fall over and die. The vinegar and lemon. Yeah, or like I have lime and orange rinds in mine right now, but yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. well, I I'll actually do that though because you can test it, test it, and see what how it works. I'll test it out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm gonna be crunchy too. It looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm becoming crunchy, like, you know, just turning out like one, one degree at a time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's how it happens, right? It you does. It sneaks up on you. <laughs> I'm not going to be full crunch. That would just be obsessive, but I, I, I don't, I don't even want to live with myself if that happens. Just a little crunchy. Okay. Well, I, so I read a book last week and I sent the, I think I sent you a screenshot of the cover and said, yes, you have to did. read this book. Yeah. I also feel like I have to read it again. Like it, Ooh. it is maybe the best book related to weight, shame around weight, supporting people around you who are struggling with their weight understanding dynamics between like social dynamics between Mm. people like like all connected to weight like maybe one of the best books of those topics I've read huh Mm, I I think It, it just came out in 2023 it's it's brand new and it's called fat talk and I think the subtitle is parenting in an parenting in the age of diet culture yeah okay. I think I think so so a lot of the the book is about the like parents of children who have overweight and 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 then talking about like there's a chapter about you know what how kids themselves can advocate for themselves for example, at the doctor's office, but also like what parents can say to kids or not what parents can say to kids, what parents can say to doctors in real, like in, in, in talking about their kids, same with schools, how parents can advocate for their kids in school, how kids can advocate for themselves at school, all related to weight and diet culture and all of those things. And, but then also conversations about like parents and kids and their dynamic and their relationship and 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 it's not it's not i i don't believe that it's just a book for parents and i don't believe that it's yeah like i i think it really is a great book for for anyone who is interested mm. in um in any sort of conversation related to weight especially related to diet culture but there were a bunch of things in it that that I that I wrote down that I was like, okay, I'm thinking about this. I have to. We have to talk about this. And so I thought we could maybe talk about a few of them today, and maybe next week we can talk about a few more. Perfect. Yep. Okay. So the first thing that I wrote down was there was talk about what society thought would be a good system for helping people who had issues with their weight. And and so what society has often 
thought is that if we make people ashamed of their weight, that will cure the problem, right? If we make people ashamed of the weight that they carry on their body, then surely they will get rid of that excess weight, you know? And, and so she talks about the author, um, her first name is Virginia. I'll, I'll write it in the show notes. So I think it's Virginia Soul Smith. And, uh, and so she said that that theory of shame, the shame based approach was because when it came to smoking, the research suggests that that was a relatively effective tool for huh. getting people to stop smoking when there were commercials and advertisements and 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 things going on in society that suggested that smoking was bad not that smoking was unhealthy but that smoking was like morally bad you know that's that that you were a certain type of person if you smoked that the that that when that happened the rate of people who smoked was wildly reduced and so uh. she's she's saying i'm not saying that that is the right thing or that that is the right tack or that we should be shaming people for anything but she said yeah. the research shows that when society started to shame people for smoking the number of people who smoked reduced that that it okay. was something that was less yeah and so 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 she said it makes sense that society then said okay well now let's target fat people let's target people who carry excess weight let's make them yeah. feel ashamed and maybe they'll do something about it so then her theory is, or like her her argument is she's like first of all shame is never the right thing but second of all, she said, it doesn't, like, these are not comparable things. She said, because smoking is a behavior. Smoking is something that you do. Ha like, having excess weight, like, carrying excess weight on your body is something that you have. Right? So she said, it, it's not the same thing. She said, so maybe we can shame people. I mean, I, this is, I'm, she's not suggesting we shame people. I want to make that very clear. But she said, maybe society says we shame people and they'll stop doing something. But that's not the mm. same as like shaming someone to stop being a certain way. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like it, it's, it's yeah. different things. She's like, and these are, these are wildly different. We can't even begin to think that we can approach them the same way, which I thought was really interesting. Um. Mm. And so she's, so the one thing that I was thinking about, because then she said, okay, so she said, so now let's think about if we can't shame people simply for having excess weight, what can we, what, what does society believe we can shame people for? Well, we can shame people for eating certain foods. We can yeah. shame people for not exercising. We, because now these are behaviors, right? We can right. shame people for eating a second plate. We can shame people for, you know, choosing the donut over the apple, whatever, whatever, right? So now we can shame people. We've society has figured out a way to shame people for their behavior. And so then what I was thinking about, and I don't know if, like, I wrote in my notes, like, my question is, but like, I don't know if, 
she said something that made like that it's actually her question that I'm just thinking about myself or if this was something I came up with on my own. So I'm going to give her the credit. It's probably her idea that I've adopted. But the question that I was thinking about was, are people in thin bodies shamed in the same way that people in fat bodies are for the same behaviors? Mm. So here's what I mean. If if we're at a picnic and I take a second plate and you take a second plate, are we equally shamed for that? Mm. You know, if you have a person in a, but and I, guess, I think, and I think it's different yeah. too, because even I was going to say like a person in a thin body, they sit on the couch in the evening and eat potato chips and watch television. A yeah. person in um, in a fatter body sits on the couch, eats potato chips, watches TV. A person in an even fatter body does the same. Yeah. Are those three people equally shamed? I don't think so. So my longest time, my longest time friend has been like, I don't know, 120 pounds soaking wet her whole life. You know, I don't think that she would be shamed for sitting on the couch eating potato chips and watching TV in the same way that I would be. Mm -hmm. But I also don't think that I would be shamed for that behavior in the same way that someone who weighs 400 pounds would be. Right. It's the same behavior. All three of us are doing the same thing. And yet but, it's but, 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 but Henny, Yeah. But but is do you do you think that there's a portion of that that is that is something that you are then you've you've adopted as what you think other people like that's part of it is like do we because we've been the recipient of comments mm -hmm. automatically assume that everybody is thinking that yes that mm. now that that does happen right because if you think about times do you not does that not ever occur to you that maybe people are thinking in certain situations when you go to do something, does it, does it affect yep. you, your choices? hundred percent. And the, the, the amount of food? hundred percent. hundred percent. hundred percent. And so, and so I think that, so you're asking me, am I thinking this? Am I wondering if I'm going to be shamed more for those behaviors than a thinner person would be just because that's my, that's my experience. And so now I'm hyper yeah. aware to it and I think it's going to happen all time I think a part of that There's is a, true yeah I, I think yeah. I 100% maybe mm -hmm. even a, a large part of that is true like yeah. maybe even 80% of that is true like I, yeah. I but the other yeah. thing that I'm wondering like and this is what I, I that I thought maybe you were going to ask me is am I guilty of that myself yeah I think that's also true yeah I do try I catch myself sometimes when I have those thoughts same same to be like, why are you thinking that? You don't know. You know nothing. These these behaviors that as a society we have decided are good or bad. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. do we treat people the same if they engage in those behaviors? No. You know, in the same way, in the same way that men and women are treated differently for engaging in the same behavior, right? Like, yeah. you know, like yes. there are lots of studies about, uh, you know, about assertiveness, for example.
example. Mm -hmm. And when men are assertive, they're seen to be, you know, like knowledgeable and respectable. And, you know, and when women are assertive, they're, you know, aggressive and nagging, you know, like, and so, so I do think that there is some truth to that. Like, I think that as a society, first of all, we've decided that certain behaviors are morally good and certain behaviors are morally bad. And then I think we have double standards all the time. When it comes to gender, when it comes to race, when it comes to sexuality, and when it comes to ability, when it comes to uh, uh, definitely when it comes to to weight and to size, to to body size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so that was one thing that that I've been yeah uh, noodling on for quite mm-hmm. some time ever since I ever since I read the book, mm-hmm. and then. And then the other thing that was interesting was there's a, because the book is focused on parents and kids and families, there was a lot of conversation about supporting kids and, um, and, and there was a question that the author posed where she said, you know, where she's talking about the way that, you know, we're moving away as a society, we're moving away from the idea of diet and from the idea of weight loss. And we're, and we're talking about lifestyle change. And so she said, especially in the world of uh, working with children who have overweight, that that many people are very against the idea of talking to children about diets. As adults, we feel like it's okay to talk about diets, to talk about being on a diet, to talk about needing to go on a diet, like societally, you know, but when it comes to kids, we shouldn't be talking about diets. And so instead, what we talk to kids about is healthy living and lifestyle change. And so the author of the book says, is there a difference? Is no, it, and yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I and I was just listening to a podcast where where it was two nutritionists, and they the one was talking about no, now we just call it lifestyle change. It's still a diet. Yeah, it is a diet. That's just yeah. another name for diets. We've just we've we it's becomes it's more palatable, <laughs> right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And like, and as a kid who was on and off diets her whole life, yeah. Whether or not they were called diets. Yeah. I mean, whether or not they're called diets, I knew what was going on. No, like, res- it, whatever it is, there's a, re- there's a restriction implied somewhere, mm-hmm. right? Whether you call it a diet or whether you call it a lifestyle change, even as a kid, you understand that the goal is yes, weight, weight loss. loss. right so it doesn't matter it doesn't and that's what she kept saying in the book like she kept saying you know like whenever the goal is weight loss no matter what you call it you know like kids know yeah I'm supposed to lose weight something something is wrong my body is not supposed to be like this I'm supposed to lose weight and so it doesn't matter if you call it a lifestyle change or a diet or you know eating healthy or whatever you call it you know as as when kids know that the goal is weight loss, that's what it is. 
Okay, so then, so what's the answer? What do you call it? She doesn't have any answers for that either. So, so what, she just wants to point out all the issues. Like, That's I mean, great. we could all do that. <laughs> sort of, sort of. I think, I think her Brilliant. answer. I think her yeah. answer would be you, you, you should never be. The goal should never be weight loss when it comes to kids. I think that's her goal. I think that's her. Okay. I think that's her point. Then, 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 what do you do to to change what is happening? Like, because you will end up having a child that will come home that will have been made fun of, and know that they are, you don't you don't need to say it. They already know that. Mm-hmm. So then, what what do you do? I mean, they can't continue on the same pattern of of eating um you know and expect it to change we've all tried that too that doesn't work mm-hmm. can i ask you something yeah. because you're you were talking about and like at the beginning it was the the book is about um you know parent like conversations with children and that yeah. at, at school and that but at school i think that you were referencing like kids making fun of them you know, that type of, that type of thing. But in your experience, do you see teachers not necessarily outwardly, but in a roundabout way, making comments to kids about surrounding weight or policing lunches? Yes. Because that was this, these two, these two nutritionists were really about like, the one, I mean, the one, it was aggressive salad and, and okay. I'm not, I'm not a fan of, of the way she speaks because no. she's like, like, you know, although it's yeah. like, you know, I mean, you yeah. sound ridiculous, but anyway, yeah. um, she, she was like, like teachers policing what gets brought in lunch, like stay in your own lane, you yeah. know, like you're, you're not trained for that. That's not your job. Yeah. But, and so I like, thought, and I just spoke like her, like, and then, you know, like, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a crunchy valley girl. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so they had, so she, so the, the writer in this, of this book had multiple examples of okay. things that teachers had done or things that teachers had said that were problematic. And yeah. some of them are things that I've never witnessed or experienced. Some of them are things that are like, okay, I've seen this before. I've heard this before. And then even like, Ooh, I've said things like this before, okay. like myself. So, so, and so some of it is like what you're talking about, like the policing of lunches, right? Where teachers will make comments about what kids bring in their lunches, you know, like, or teachers will, um, you know, I, I even know of teachers who have like sent letters home saying, you know, here are things that you that you should be packing in your child's <laughs> lunch, you know, and and so like things like that have happened. That is a better lane. Yeah. So one that's, thing that's not one one thing that I have done that I don't know. Like I, there's a part of me that stands by it, but then there's a part of me that understands that it's problematic. Is I know with my with my classes um, when the question of can I eat my like can I eat in class has come up my answer has always been you may have a healthy snack in class because what I and the reason is but I recognize the wording is problematic the reason Mm -hmm. is 
I don't have an issue. Like if you are actually hungry and you need to eat in class because you are hungry, I don't have a problem if you're like, you know, having your little container of melon or if you're having, um, I mean, even a granola bar, you know, like, which is not necessarily the healthiest of, of snacks. Like, that's not a problem. What I do have a problem is, is if you have a family-sized bag of potato chips that you're mowing down on in class and sharing with all of your friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because to me, it's, first of all, it's a distraction as opposed to a snack. And second of all, well, yeah, it, it feel, it, it's a distraction to everyone around because everyone now needs to be a part of this snack. But it's also like, is it really that you needed the snack or is it that you just wanted to do something other than what you're supposed to be doing? You know, so so but I mean, also, you know, who am I to say if that's what's the only healthy thing, and what's nothing, what's yeah. not healthy and what's what is or yeah. if that's the only thing this kid brought today, you know, like so so like there were a bunch of things in the book that I was like, oh, oh, like, oh, you know, I have to check that. Like there was one example that she said, you know, that I guess a teacher had said um, a teacher was talking to the class about. Yeah, I don't even know under what context. It might have been in the context of a health class. It might have just been in the context of like chit chat, but that the teacher had said to the class, you know, oh, that her husband and her were, um, uh, you know, were watching what they were eating. And so they weren't having any carbs at dinner or something like that. And And so then she said, like, why would a teacher say that? to a group yeah. of kids you know like why yeah. is that what you're modeling to a group of kids like it just is a strange thing and so then I was thinking about like have I said things like that um to a group of kids the only thing that I can think of that I know I have said many times is when kids offer me something so like a kid will bring cupcakes to school to school and they offer me a cupcake or cookies or like or they have they have like even as as recent as two weeks ago a kid had like a bag of Sour Patch Kids or something and offered me some and and I and my response almost always is like oh like thank you so much but no thank you I can't afford to eat that <gasps> I say that all the time. Oh, Sandy. honey, I can't believe you say that. That is bad. No, you have to stop that. I'm going to shame you right now for what you're saying. I know. I I that's have not. I know. As soon as I, as soon as I that's was. That's so like, weird. I know, Sandy, I know. Sorry. I know. You can cut this out. <laughs> it's, no, but, it's, it's fine. I know. I know. No. It's bad. I know. I but, didn't but, want to say that. But, but did you. Did you recognize that? Because, I mean, these are things that are just automatic responses that we say often and then. Okay. So I never have, I never have said it to a kid and thought that there was anything wrong with what that's saying, because here's what I'm doing. What I'm doing is I'm, here's in my mind what I'm doing. What I think I'm doing is thanking the kid for the offer, but turning it down without making them feel like. I don't want what they're offering me. Right. Right. When what I should do is just take it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, because, because by saying what I'm saying, first of all, I, I mean, it's wrong. Like, 
I can afford to eat whatever I want to eat. The the truth of the matter is so, so really the, the problem is problem number one, it's a lie because if I wanted it, I would take it, but I don't want it. That's the truth. Yeah. And, and then the second part is I'm reinforcing this idea that this is something that people of certain bodies should not be eating. Yeah. When people of anybody should eat whatever they want to eat. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know, Sandy, I know I'm embarrassed. I mean, yeah. I've not, I, I've said lots of bad shit, like I mean, things that I wish I could take back a hundred million times, but you know, I, I the, won't, when you I, know, when you know better, you do better. Honey. I won't say it again. I, I've, I've learned my lesson. I've recognized the problematic, uh, messaging in that comment and I, <laughs> I won't use it again, but like, but this is the thing, like. There are so many things in this book, and and I've got a whole bunch of things yet to talk to you oh about. Oh boy! Next week. I'm yeah. Excited. Um, there's so many things in there that are like, like my jaw is on the floor listening to it. I'm like, uh. I cannot believe that this would happen. I can't now cannot believe that someone would say that. But then there's other stuff that that truly, it's like, oh, you're right. Like I, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't do that. Yeah. Oh, you know, like. Um, and, but that's why, like, that's why we have to, and this goes back to what we were talking about when we first started talking about this, is this, this internalized anti-fatness. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, because we live in a society that has trained us to believe that fat is wrong and, and whether we belong to that group or not, you know, we, that's the messaging that we're getting. And so we have to consciously take steps towards being, you know, against that. Right. And, 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 and changing our own thinking and changing our own habits and changing our own speaking patterns. Right. No, but this is, but this is the thing. I mean, it's, you, we, we all, we, we, we all do these things. I think that for everyone listening, because, you know, anyone that's been in a workshop, that you facilitated it's like you seem to always have the exactly the right thing to say mm. and so she's <laughs> and, I and I don't she's always flawed. she's flawed <laughs> <laughs> she's just like the rest of us <laughs> hella effing <Lulia. laughs> <laughs> absolutely I am no better than any other and than any no. other person recognize things and change things and that you know that's that that's the there's it's always evolving right yeah oh, yeah. oh my goodness uh, well sandy i am i'm already excited about uh oh, part two of this conversation coming next week because it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a oh, good one. and to those of you who to who listen to us either for the first time today or or week in and week out thank you for uh lending us your ears Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for listening um, and for comments. And oh, last week, what was you sent something out about? Last week, I asked people what city in the world yes. they loved. And several people commented Toronto. <gasps> I know. We also got Rome okay. was an answer. Um, Paris was an answer. Okay. What else? New York City. Oh yeah. Okay. So there were there were a few, but there were there were a handful of Toronto's, and yeah. I was like, 
excited about that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right. Okay. Well, anyway, you know, I love you and your flaw and, and all your flawness. I know. I know. <laughs> you're you're flawless. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> no, you're flabulous. No, that's not good either. That's, flawless. That sounds worse. <laughs> <laughs> Although I am very flabulous, so I mean. <laughs> I'm a disaster. That is true. <laughs> oh, dear, right. On All that right. note, <laughs> see you next week. Okay. Bye. <laughs>